and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Program podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook, and today I'm delighted to be speaking with our Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs and a good friend, J.J. Davis. Hey, J.J., thanks for joining. Hey, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Happy to have you. So one thing I know we're all excited to just get educated a little more on and talk a little more about in conversations I'm having with partners. And frankly, I know you are with a lot of customers and analysts is this whole topic of ESG or what's evolved to ESG from CSR around environmental, social, and governance, and just overall social impact. And you have the enviable opportunity of championing and leading that for us and the company. So why don't you share with our audience and our partners a little bit about your role and how ESG kind of lives in your purview? Sure. So like you said, ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance Strategy. And in the past, we had social impact goals and agendas as a company for a long time. I mean, we are founded on the back of a very strong purpose, which is to create technologies that drive human progress. And we had our own set of goals that got us to 2020 called Legacy of Good and a new set of goals that we launched in November of 2019 called Progress Made Real to get us to 2030, all benefiting or part of the world's to-do list around the sustainable development goals. And But it was kind of always off to the side. We knew as a company we had a responsibility to drive social impact, but now it is a business imperative to bring ESG to the center of how we run the company. And so we have an ESG strategy. We have KPIs within our company strategy execution and the way we measure ourselves. We know that companies are starting to get regulated. If you're following what the SEC is doing, certainly around the E or the environmental aspect, we know that climate and DNI are among the two greatest corporate risks when it comes to ESG in terms of how are we going to reverse the negative impacts of climate change? And a lot of that can be done on the back of technology innovation. How do we create equal opportunity and help our companies look more like the customers we serve. And so we now run ESG as part of the company. I engage very regularly as an example with our entire ELT. And we are in the midst right now of working with our vice chairman, Jeff Clark, on what our total emission reduction is going to look like and how we set an updated goal as part of the climate work that we're doing. And so I guess, Cheryl, this is a really long answer to say we live and breathe this every day and we're running it just like we run the P&L and we're early days. We've got a lot of innovation across the product teams, but we're just still trying to get our arms around everything and ensure that our customers and partners know what we're doing to help you meet your own ESG goals. You know, I really appreciate, too, the way with which, not that you mentioned, like integrating it into kind of the operating rhythm of the company. But the other thing I think you and the team and the company has been really amazing at is just the transparency, right? How do we communicate openly about what our ambitions are and how do we keep ourselves honest 
with a stated strategy direction, but also the how we intend to do it and the metrics, right? So I think you've taken a really large, open-ended topic and given a really good framework to keep us focused around the areas with which we think we can make a difference. So maybe take the team and share just a little bit about how we formulated that strategy and what the pillars are that we're focused on. Sure. So the purpose I mentioned, create technology that drives human progress, ESG is really that purpose in action. And to your point, how do we make sure that our stakeholders know how we're measuring ourselves and how we're holding ourselves accountable? So within our ESG framework, we have four pillars, advancing sustainability, diversity and inclusion, transforming lives, and underpinned by doing business ethically and prioritizing ethics and data privacy for our customers. And so we had to have a set of moonshot goals and a set of sub goals. Every year as a business, we set annual targets, and then we report progress externally in our ESG report, which just published, I think it was the end of June, June 30th where you can go in, it is a very big document. So get a cup of coffee or wine, whatever you like and sit down and absorb it because it is really us letting you in on where we are and the progress we're making, but also where we're going. And we want a big part of ESG is that transparency. And we're doing a lot of audits with both our internal and external auditing teams. We're looking at our data integrity and ensuring just like the rigor we put on the back of our financial disclosures, how do we do that for ESG as well? And then when you think about though, our priorities, the ESG pillars are really our scorecard so we can tell you where we're focused and how we're doing. But across those pillars, we're focused on four big things, climate action, and supporting a transition to net zero, which is controversial in and of itself. And maybe we come back, Cheryl, sometime in the future and do a climate only conversation with some of our engineering experts. Um, Circular economy, so eliminating waste, rethinking, redesigning, reusing, recycling, a better future. And we lead in repairability on a lot of our products, as you probably know. And how do we make sure that we're taking our own trash and turning it into treasure? Inclusive workforce. I talked about having a workplace that is representative of our customer base, where we're creating an environment where we can all come to work and be ourselves so we can attract and retain and develop the best and the brightest. And digital inclusion has been a big focus for us, but maybe a little bit scattered and not as organized as it needed to be. And so we've worked really hard on that one where we're looking at underserved and underrepresented groups. How do we make sure they're getting the skills and resources they need to? fully participate in the digital economy. I do think that's a great place where we could potentially partner more together. So that could be student tech crew in the United States where high school students get trained to be the technical support for their school. And then they're certified and ready to go right into the workforce or further their education upon graduation. Girls Who Game is another big priority for us for fourth through eighth grade girls that we would love to scale where girls are through Minecraft, learning technology skills and thinking about careers in gaming, or at least piquing their interest to do more in the STEM area. And then we're growing our 
digital community hubs around the world to the most remote places that don't even have reliable electricity, where they now have a community hub with solar power and technology. We announced the extension of that program at Dell Technologies World in May. So those are a few examples of how we're driving programs, but we really have had to take a step back and look at our digital inclusion strategy and what do we think that looks like and make that part of our story a little bit more clear because it's really important to the public sector and the education customers that we have of how do we work on this together when kids are at school, but how do we ensure mom and dad and the wraparound services and community support are there? And so we now have community organizers across all regions of the United States to actually work in the local community and activate a lot of these programs that are going to make a real difference versus throwing good money after bad and not really seeing any impact. Yeah, like I said, meaty topics, but I think you've done really a noble job of just simplifying and distilling under these key themes or pillars all the good work, but the important things that we do. And you did reference the ESG report that was just published at the end of June. And again, that's another example of us just sharing openly, right? And and being transparent about here's the way we're holding ourselves honest, the kind of ambitious targets we have and what kind of progress we're making. And I have to say, every time we have these discussions with our partners, there's just so much alignment, nodding heads, appreciation for, wow, this is super important work. Our customers are asking for it. So our partners are hearing them ask about it. Maybe share a few of the highlights. And then I know we've published this and certainly the partners can find the report, but maybe just a few highlights that we're most proud of on our initial report we just released. Yeah. So we've been a leader in sustainable packaging for a long time. And We set a goal that 100% of our packaging would be made from recyclable or renewable materials, and we are already at 90.2% across our entire product portfolio in terms of packaging, so really awesome. We set off on an ocean-bound plastic project when there wasn't even a supply chain for ocean plastics several years ago, and we used over 227,000 kilograms of ocean-bound plastics in our packaging last year. And so we're really focused on, again, trash to treasure. And we have committed to increase our annual use of ocean-bound plastic tenfold by 2025. And we're going to beat that 100% goal ahead of schedule. And then we'll have to see if we raise the bar or, or what we do there. And we have a similar goal where... We want to see more recycled and renewable contents going into our products. That goal is 50% by 2030. That's when it's going to be harder to achieve. But I can tell you that we've used almost 400 million pounds of sustainable materials in our products and packaging last year alone. And so how do we really dive in on research, leveraging our vast supply chain, which is one of our most durable competitive advantages? And think about the use of recycled and renewable materials. I mean, plastic is probably the easiest one. Steel is a lot harder. Mm -hmm. We don't have all that figured out, but we got to figure it out. And that is one of the places where companies get a lot of criticism is the world can't wait for 2030 or 40 or 50. We got to move now. But I don't think what the average consumer or what some of the NGOs understand is supply chains in some cases just aren't there. Right. We're going to take investment and innovation, and we are equally 
motivated to move fast and drive significant change. And it's just a new way of doing business that our customers and partners expect, as you said. A couple of others I would say is um, we have invested for years in unconscious bias training, and we have our employees uh, almost at 100%, 99.6% participating in that foundational learning above our 95% goal because we have to make sure we're creating that safe space at work and that inclusive culture. I would also say that we require all of our team members to go through ethics and compliance training and we are at 100% on that. And we are aiming to transform a billion lives by 2030 and we reached 66 million lives. So leaving enduring value for 66 million people Last year alone, it's at about 160 million cumulative since FY20 or so that's um, 2019. And our biggest program that drives the biggest return for us is Digital Life Care, which is a healthcare platform in India that aims to significantly reduce death from non-communicable diseases like heart disease and diabetes and really improve the healthcare system overall. And we're looking at how do we expand that into other countries or other diseases within India. And it's a big partnership that we have with the Indian government and Tata Trust. Yeah, I know, just really meaningful work. And I know you can say it takes a village. We really are thinking about this quite holistically, right? Yeah. You know, this discussion is about how can our partners get more educated and informed and join us in areas where we share common goals and objectives, but you mentioned in the recyclable and the materials, we're collaborating actively with our suppliers and our supply chain partners because we know it takes all of us, right? No one of us is going to be able to do this all by ourselves. And I know I hear this quite a bit from our partners, and we also try and continually educate for them. Why? have we got some really good evidence that it's good for business, right? It doesn't just make us feel good that we have an obligation to give back, but it's important for the company's overall valuation, value, and how we show up. So share just yeah. a little bit about how we're looking at that. Sure. So I'll give you some stats to start. We know that consumers want to do business with a company that demonstrates social impact. That number's big. At least 77% of consumers state that they want to do business with companies who have a focus on social impact. We now are having more and more investors who believe and invest in companies making a positive impact. And we are doing quite a few investor engagements, many more than what we did even a year ago. And we've got an ESG session with our investors next week where we're updating them on our strategy. And there is a movement where Many more shareholder letters are coming forward, making demands of companies. And so that means an increasing voice from stakeholders of our Dell Technology Select customers. I think the number is 95% want sustainability information in the RFPs. And so one thing we have to do is make that process scalable and faster, not so manual. And so we are investing right now in a back-end data platform so we can do just that. So when you need the information, it's easier to find and we can compile it much faster because we're seeing a huge volume of interest and companies want the information to make buying decisions. We wanna make sure that you know by 
partnering with Dell, you're working with a company that prioritizes ESG and that we're driving an impact, not just a positive societal impact, but a business impact. Again, back to that RFP number and what we know even across public sector and requirements that are coming down from federal government. And it also shapes our culture and helps us attract the new generation of hire as well. So you know you have the best and brightest talent on your Dell team to partner with you because these young people are coming to work for a company that aligns to their core values as a person as well. Absolutely. And I know you've joined us in a couple of our partner conversations and discussions with some of our larger partners on how we can, for lack of a better term, heat map or find those Venn diagrams where we share common areas of interest where they may have initiatives or their own programs. We have our own and that age old secret of one plus one equals three, right? How do we come together? How do we join forces where the outcome is ultimately going to be good, but we're working together? So we've each had meetings. Let's talk a little bit, or maybe just from your perspective, as we're formulating, and I know you and Rola and I have had discussions about how not only can we educate and make content and resources available to our partners, but we can leverage more purposefully and track measures. We at Dell, you know, what gets measured gets done, right? On what we can jointly do together. So talk a little bit about what your call to action or what are areas that you would have the partners engage on? Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, you guys are in the trenches with your customers and you're uniquely positioned to deliver solutions that address the customer's IT need, but also leave a lasting impact. And so how do we make sure that you're getting the information from us around ESG, not only the solutions and the typical elements of what might go into a bid on a piece of customer's business, but there is an ESG playbook. We are talking very actively to sales about more that we can do to make it easier to consume so that you're looking at ESG data similar to how you are other benefits of our technology. And and Cheryl, I have to say, we got a little bit more work to do there, but we are actively focused on it. So that education piece is really big. Let us know what you need. Are there new initiatives that you'd like to suggest? Do you have initiatives like think about take back? One of our goals that I didn't mention is we have a one-for-one moonshot goal for every solution or product we sell, we'll take back a like product. Our asset recovery services are a big part of that. We made that service available to partners back in March. How's that going? What more would you like to see? We have to increase these offerings for customers, which have a very low take rate from a sales perspective right now to not only reach the goal, but to help them address their own ESG goals. And so if there are programs you heard me talk about today or that are in the ESG playbook and you want to learn more, get involved, there's certainly opportunity to do that. So let us know and let's collaborate on things like the Take Back program. I know there's an RFP Express tool. I know there's MDF and marketing campaigns. And so let Cheryl and Roland team know, and we're going to continue to build out more opportunities because we can't do this alone. Yeah. Where no, we build absolutely. competitive battle cards, for example, traditionally on our 
technology versus the traditional competitors, you know, it's not wise to do that on the sustainability front because we actually need everybody focused on this to win. The world needs us all focused on this. What we are going to start doing a better job of is where are we advantaged or where do we maybe have gaps and how do you answer your customers' questions around those gaps so you know where we're going and the investments we're making. So that is coming, but all the OEMs pitting themselves up against each other, I'm better in sustainability than you are, et cetera, it doesn't actually drive the societal impact that we need. We all need to be great. And of course, we want you to choose Dell over our competitor and we want sustainability to be one of the reasons to do that but we won't traditionally do side-by-sides as an example, like what you've seen before. But there is more that we need to share with you so you're armed to use sustainability or ESG to go in and win business. You hit on a couple resources, you know, and I just want to thank you and your team for the collaboration and the teamwork on helping us externalize a lot of this good work and make resources available for our partners. You mentioned the ESG playbook that we've published for them the RFP express tools so they can respond to customer RFPs. We have all that content. To your point, we've expanded the asset recovery services capabilities and offerings globally beyond just North America. And all of that's available for our partners. And we also have extended, you know, we pride ourselves and take a lot of pride in being rated one of the world's most ethical companies. And we take internally compliance and business conduct and ethics training every year. We've extended all of that training externally to our partners for them to also take it. We've also extended recently how to go tell the ESG story. There's some training available to your point because it's evolving both in what we've been able to achieve, but it's evolving, as you said, in the regulatory environment and what they're looking for. And so I think if there's a takeaway and a call to action, for our listeners and for our partners here is there's certainly much more to do, but there's a wealth of resources for them to engage and get educated, talk to your partner account manager, talk to your partner marketing manager. We are all open to find ways with which we can do more together to really go to you say, make a difference and impact the world. So any closing comments or summary here, JJ, before we let you go? Well, I would just say, let's partner. We can't do this alone, like we've been talking about. And let's have a ongoing and regular exchange of ideas. And let's use the machine that we've got in place to make sure that you're getting what you need on the ESG front. There's a lot more work to do, and we're moving really fast. But this is really important for the success of our company. And I know increasingly, our partners are focused here too. And so It seems so Pollyanna, but we really can go change the world together at the same time we're transforming business. That's really what digital transformation needs to be about. How do we transform business and society for the better at the same time? Well, that's super powerful, super powerful. So one closing question I have for you, which is really a fun, fun curveball, because I like to close my little podcast here this way. So share with the audience and me, what's a fun fact about JJ that would not be on your resume, your colleagues might not know, we may not know. What's a fun fact about you? (laughs) Well, because my life outside of work revolves around my three boys and my family. My oldest son, Jake, is going off to college in literally one month to 
LSU, and he is a backup long snapper for the LSU Tigers. So, Cheryl, maybe we'll get a chance to beat Florida in some football game in the future. Oh, my gosh. Game on. Congratulations, <laughs> to, congratulations to him, though. That's awesome. So we're very excited for him, and he's accomplished quite a lot. I'm a proud mama right now, and that's kind of all I think about outside of work is him going off to college. Well, I'm a boy mom myself, so exciting times for sure. So okay. I would just say go Gators, but I wish Jake all the best. <laughs> I know. Yes, that's right. Well, listen, thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing just really important work. And I know it's top of mind for all of our partners and you're the wealth of information. So thanks so much for your energy and your teamwork, JJ. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, JJ, thanks again so much for taking the time and sharing such important work with everybody. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and give us feedback. And please be sure to tune back in in the next couple of weeks for our next episode of The Partner Connection. Until then, be safe and stay well. <laughs>